It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Is uh, 14 when we had Pearl Harbor. And there is our distinguished hero indeed. When I think about Pearl Harbor, I almost automatically think that's the only time I ever heard my father swear. At 14, I can see I was crawling under the big family radio and I was listening to a football game, the New York Giants football team in the NFL. The count goes to one and two. In that game, I do remember the only time the great Mel Hine was ever injured was on Pearl Harbor Day playing for the Giants. One two pitch on the way. Little nubber up along first. Shoots picks it up and throws him out. So we have two down and the battle will be up. Well, anyway, as a kid, and they interrupted the game. And uh, we missed a lot. Yeah, so, but. Guys, I, we all looked at each other at the yeah. same moment. To be able to tell a story of that magnitude and also tell you what's happening in the game yeah. as it's happening and not lose track of either one and have the right tone for both yeah. of these things and to be able the to see Lucy go back in, and forth. The way he dropped in 0-2. Then Pearl Harbor right, you know, popped little, up. Little and my up the line. And then my, goes to 1-2. It's, 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 it's an extraordinary gift yeah. to be able to shift gears like that, and it doesn't feel like you're shifting gears. He's just telling you two stories at exactly the same time, and you're riveted by both. What about the last weekend of the series, uh, of the season, when there's playoff hunt implications, and he's doing play-by-play of the game you're watching and of the game that's going to affect who you're going to play in the playoffs, and he's doing it better than the person who's probably at that game, and he's doing it off a monitor. I'm looking at everybody's running TV graphics. He called 21 no-hitters in three perfect games. There was one in the history of baseball when he started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he called three more. Absolutely unbelievable. It, the, the ability to do what – to go from serious to – Look, I don't know who that game they were playing. They played the Cardinals on a Tuesday night in June, right? And to be able to go back, Pearl Harbor story, baseball, Pearl Harbor, and never lose the thread of either one. John, when you're, I mean, and again, baseball is a little different. There's a lot more downtime to tell these stories about it as opposed to basketball, which is up and down the whole time. Right. But to be able to get both of those things in at the same time, I don't know how anybody could do that. And he was such a good. I, I don't know any other way to put it. I don't know anybody was ever better at working alone. You know, he was such a good, well-paced storyteller that you never, it never sounds forced. It never sounds hurried. Even if their big things are happening in the game, he would just continue to, to do it. 877-710-ESPN if you want to weigh in on this stuff. They're showing the catch on ESPN right now, too. And, and you know, you have to be a certain age. I, when that happened, that was 1980. I was 11. So was he okay. So educate me here. Was he one of the the main football boys? He was their number one. That was the NFC Championship game. He, so he was, was right. their he was their number yeah. one voice he was on the Joe NFC. And he yes. left CBS to go to NBC when NBC got baseball game of the week. So him yes. and Garagiola went and did the game of the week together. So he did. NFL for a while. Then. He did it for a long time. He yeah. did the Masters for years. Yeah, the Masters I knew. For years. That's he did I knew about the, the Skins game. He did all of the these random things. Yeah. 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 I remember him calling a hole-in-one from Lee Trevino in the Skins game. Like, Didn't he do like Vince Scott's doing this. Too. He, did, like he did everything. All that stuff. Okay. He did it. And, and he did. You know, obviously, baseball was what he was best known, but he was good at all of them. It okay, never but, felt like a baseball guy calling a golf tournament. But, but the way he dressed. The white Ferragamos, <laughs> the patent leather bell, all that stuff. Tell me, I, I, John, I take my fashion sense from you also because I see John is always impeccably dressed, always has his pocket square. Vin always had it. And I've always, I wear one because I saw John and Vin. Where I'm like, it, it just looks cool. And like all the pictures that are coming through from when he was in the 40s and 50s, he always had one. Yeah, and he, and, and he always looked great. And you know, Trev, you mentioned he called golf. Here he yeah. is calling Gary Player at the Masters. Listen to this. Of course, record a birdie at 18. He is 11 under par. 
third. What an emotional moment here at the 18. It's the 1978 Masters right there. Vince Scully calling that. And, guys, I, we're talking about a whole bunch of different things all at once right now. They're going from Don Larson. Then they're going to him addressing the crowd after 9-11. I mean, Don Larson was 1956. 9-11, 2001. I mean, just the, the span and the ability to not just, hey, I'm going to call it. But I, I remember listening to him talk the first time they, they got back on the field after taking a couple of days off after the, the attacks in New York City and in and, and the Pentagon. And it was kind of, okay, this is okay. Vin, Vin is talking to us about what happened. He's talking to us about how it's time to go back and, and, and watch a little baseball. And he kind of gave you this sense of we're going to be okay. We're, we're going to be able to enjoy these things all over again because he was a part of it. Um, all right, Dave Roberts, uh, the game has ended in San Francisco. The Dodgers beat the Giants, and Dave Roberts is talking about Vince Scully. Let's listen into a part of that, courtesy of Sportsnet LA. On the big board and, and kind of make the announcement, I thought that was first class. Um, after a big win, you feel good about it, but then you get presented with that. So it's like it's sort of an emotional roller coaster, and it was kind of a little subdued, a little uh, – I was a little taken aback. But uh, I knew he was ailing, um, but – you know, as far as the, the finality, I was still shocked. What do you remember about his last season and just kind of, you know, kind of getting to see how much he meant to the club through kind of every, the, the way that was celebrated? Um, it was great because guys like uh, Justin, Kenley, Clayton, um, other guys that really took time to get to know him and uh, I just remember that Charlie Culberson home run and uh, we ended up winning the division on that day on a homer and I remember saluting Vin and saying this one was this one was for him and uh, so that was special and then I think the next uh, season we went down and, and put him in the ring of honor and so for him to come down and all the players and everyone be around him and uh, you know, have the microphone up there in, in left field, down the left field line uh, presented was a special moment. And, you know, this is a guy that did so much in the game. But, you know, for 50,000 fans to acknowledge his last game that he called at, at home, uh, a walk-off win to clinch the division, and then the following year uh, be uh, put in the ring of honor, I know that it meant a lot to him. And um, he was very grateful that he got to share that uh, with uh, the Dodger fans, um, his extended family. Uh, that's Dave Roberts and courtesy of Sportsnet L.A., um, who's who, who they're like us. They're basically on the air right now running old Scully clips. And, and th this story has eclipsed the fact that the Dodgers won again tonight and are one of the best teams in baseball, which would have drawn Vin crazy. You know, <laughs> right. Vin, right. Vin was one. I remember. um Lon Rosen, who is a, a very high-ranking executive at the Dodgers, who I, I got to know Lon when he worked for the Lakers for many years. And Lon, uh, when in Vin's final years, I kept calling him all the time going, hey, Lon, Dick Enberg and, and Vin are going to be at, in San Diego at the same time. Have them call an inning together. It'd be really cool. And Lon would say to me, Vin will never do it. And I said, why? He goes, because then you're making it about him. Yeah. He just wouldn't. He well, didn't want that. He wanted back to during the World Series run yep. a couple Joe of years Buck ago. Joe Buck wanted him to come and Absolutely. do like three innings. Yeah. And, and Joe, Never. better matter of fact, Joe made a public plea. I will literally walk out of the booth <laughs> and lock myself out. And Vin wouldn't it's, do it because he didn't want to take away from the game. Listening to Dave Roberts there, it, it just kind of brought another point home, guys, which was, you know, here's Dave Roberts talking about Vin Scully had an opportunity to get to know Clayton Kershaw and Justin Turner. And then you watch the TV, and there he is with Jackie Robinson and, and Duke Snyder. It's, it, Duke Snyder and Jackie Robinson are real people, but they feel like there's something from ancient history. They feel like it happened lifetimes ago, black and white TV, games only on the radio. And he was there for that, and he was there for Justin Turner and Clayton Kershaw and, through, and everything in between. I remember better. Do you remember the one year the L.A. Times did a poll as to who the greatest all-time Dodger was. And there was a lot yep. of speculation if it was yep. going to be Fernando or maybe Kershaw or Koufax sure. or Drysdale. And they had all these selections you could pick from. And everyone wrote in Vin. Vin yeah. won in a landslide. Sure. Um, because he had connected so many generations. Which he didn't like because it was about him. Right, right. <laughs> um, but back to your point, though, Travis, about you know Jackie Robinson and all these names. But you hear Dave Roberts talking about how the guy who won it was Charlie Culberson, yeah, and Vin would have the nugget about Charlie Culberson 
same exact way as if he would have a nugget about Clayton Kershaw, all that stuff. Speaking of, here he is calling the walk-off hit with Char- – Greg, you have that one ready? Here's Charlie Culbertson's walk-off hit to win the division. Oh, and one to Charlie. Swung on a high fly ball to deep left field. The Dodgers and Yankees. Would you believe a home run? And the Dodgers have clinched the division and will celebrate on schedule. Yeah, you could tell his voice sounds older there, but still had it. And still nailed uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it got to the point where, by the way, when he was working into his late eighties, and I, every once in a while somebody would say, "Well, Vin made a mistake." I said, "Who cares? It's Vin." Yeah. You know, he. I mean, if you he get to hear mistake, his voice. Change your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, I'd, I'd rather hear Vin uh, do a game than anyone else, regardless of of. And is, he never really lost much off his fastball. No, he really didn't. You know, look, everybody's making a mistake here and there. But Beto, it reminds me of the story you're telling about. Your, your buddy that pitched in the big leagues yeah. briefly. Uh, guy that I played Little League baseball with, high school baseball with, played in the big leagues I'm 14, 15 years, Mark Loretta. You guys may oh, yeah, yeah. remember him. So Mark and I were, were friends through high, grade school and high school and stuff. And Mark, at the end of his career, played for the Dodgers. Yep. And, and he got a big hit against the Cardinals in a playoff game. And so we're talking. This is, I wasn't, we were doing an interview. I just, we were texting back and forth and talking. And we had that moment. It's like the, the coolest part was not that he got a hit for the hometown team to win a playoff game against the Cardinals, but Vin Scully called it. Yeah. And it was one of those Vin Scully, and here goes Mark Loretta. He'd throw the little incredible. nugget. Mark Loretta from El Toro. Yeah, right. Tustin, like right. the little nugget. I'm like, yeah, that's my city. That's my guy. That's my, that's my guy. St. Francis High School. Absolutely. He knew everything about everybody. All right. More phone calls coming up in just a minute here. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We're celebrating the life of Vin Scully here on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're celebrating the life. We're celebrating the life of Vince Scully here on 710 ESPN. He passed earlier tonight at the age of 94, 67 years with the Dodgers. And not just an icon in L.A., not just an icon as a sportscaster, but somebody that was, like we've all talked about and listened from callers all night long, impacted people's lives in a variety of different ways, and fathers and sons and grandfathers and great-grandfathers. And we all have that connectivity because Vince Scully, who called Dodger games for nearly 70 years. And a lot of people don't know this, but Al Michaels started as a baseball broadcaster. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of the Cincinnati Reds. Matter of fact, Al's first job in the Pacific Coast League was he was the voice of the Hawaii Islanders. Yeah. He got the Reds job. He came out to San Francisco, worked out there for a while, and then he got a job at ABC doing all the sports. But uh, Spectrum Sportsnet ran down Al, who lives in Brentwood, and had a relationship with Vin. Here's Al Michaels talking about Scully. Well, what a life this man lived uh it was one of my great thrills to get to to meet him when i finally got to do major league baseball back in 1971 and a great thrill for me that year as i was the uh, voice of the cincinnati reds when we came into los angeles and Vinny asked me to be on the pregame show and having grown up listening to Vinny in brooklyn and having moved out to la the same year the dodgers did and uh, he was my idol. There was no question about that. And when I was going to uh, Ebbets Field as a child, and we lived within walking distance, and the first thing I remember in life, John, is walking into Ebbets Field with my father 
And Vinny had to be in his first or second year. It had to be 1950 or 51. And I'm six or seven years old at the time. And my father pointed to the broadcast booth. And he said, that's where they were announcing the games that we can listen to on radio and watch occasionally on television. And I remember walking into Ebbets Field that day and just being enamored and enthralled by just the sights and sounds of, of a Major League Baseball game. And then to look up at Vinny, who was with Red Barber in those years, and Connie Desmond was the third announcer. And I thought, man, the first conscious thought I ever had was, what a job. I mean, how great would that be? You get to go to all of the games and you get in for free. And that was kind of the impetus for me wanting to be a sportscaster and building my career around baseball and listening to Vinny. And, uh, you know, I heard Vinny's whole career all the way through the end. Uh, and, and he he really never wavered. I mean, even, even at the end, if he wasn't necessarily as totally sharp as he was when he was, you know, in his 30s or 40s or 50s, he was, he was magical. And uh, I've always said there were times when I would pull into my driveway uh, and and listening to Vinny on the radio, I, I'd always have to stop and even have the have the engine idle so I could hear Vinny finish a story, um, one of a kind, best of all time. And if uh, Vinny was in a horse race uh, for the best of all time, he'd be secretary at winning by 31 lengths in the Belmont. That's really That's good. Perfect. Listen, this is from uh, Brian Mattaggart on Twitter. One of my favorite Vince Scully stories is from the Astros 22 inning game in 89. He worked NBC's game of the week earlier that day in St. Louis, which went 10 innings, then flew to Houston and announced 19 of the 22 innings because his broadcast partner, Don Drysdale, had laryngitis. <laughs> Is that so, the game Fernando played first? It was, and he got a hit at the end of that game, I want to say. Yeah. And uh, Robert Kovacic, um, you know, Robert, who's been a news NBC, reporter in yeah. town for a really long time, he works at KNBC, is reporting that fans, not surprisingly, have started to gather outside of Dodger Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Here is uh, Jeff in Oak Park. Hey, Jeff, you're on ESPN LA. Hi. Hi. How you guys doing tonight? Good, Jeff. All right. First thing I want to say is you guys are doing a great job tonight, and I would say that uh, – Vin would be very proud of the uh, words you're, you're giving him tonight. It's nice to say, um, but I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jeff, did I, it says yeah. on my screen you met him once, true? Yeah, so that's what I was calling. You know, a few years back, um, City National Bank got him to be a guest speaker. And uh, my boss, who's also my cousin, uh, surprised me and allowed me to be his plus one. And, you know, be our you bring a baseball to have it signed and thought, no, that would just be the wrong thing. Well, I got to tell you guys, I met so many people that night. I met, I, I had a 10 minute conversation with Don Newcomb, which was unbelievable. Man right. shook my hand. He wrapped a whole hand around mine. <laughs> so I was waiting in line to go get a picture with Vin. And I got pulled out of line by somebody who knew him and brought to the front. And he, I get up there and he goes to shake my hand and you know I said Mr. Scully I, I it's such a pleasure to meet you and he said call me Vin I, I, I got to tell you guys I, I I shrugged my shoulders and like giggled I was <laughs> that's awesome Jeff. I don't think I could have done it yeah, yeah. I thank you I don't for think sharing I that Vin. Like, that's great <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> that would have been a, a, a tough like we all do. call him Vinny but you know if we yeah. got to his face we'd be like uh, uh, Mr. Scully yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to go back to what uh, Al Michael said you know that part about he, he would get home and he would idle in the driveway me too you know what John, we've all been stuck here as a play-by-play. You tell a story, and the inning ends quick. How come for Vin, the story always ended, then the inning ended? Right? <laughs> he never he never had the broadcast. Well, that's a jinx. skill, Beto. That is, his timing was impeccable, Fantastic. and I think he wouldn't – if he had a short story, he would start with two outs. If he had a long story, he'd start it at the beginning of the inning. And, uh, the, the, uh, I mean, I learned so much just from of listening course. to the guy. Of Here's course. Ivan in Simi Valley. Hey, Ivan, you're on ESPN LA. Hi. Hi, uh, I mean, I mentioned you guys. You guys mentioned Vin, Vin called football for CBS. One of the games he called was the '79 divisional playoff between the Rams and the Cowboys, when the Rams finally beat the Cowboys and went on to the Super Bowl that year. 
Yeah, he, well, and, and he worked for CBS for many years, and then he worked for NBC, Trav. And, and uh, he, you know, again, if he wanted to, he could have been the host of the Today Show. He could have been an evening news anchor. We are just lucky he stayed in baseball. I remember there was a story, and I'm, I'm going by memory here a little bit, but I believe they offered him the Monday Night Football job, and he said, I, I can't fit it into my sky. I, right. I just, I literally oh, wow. can't get it done because I have, you know, I'm doing the game of the week. I'm doing football games on Sunday for CBS. I'm doing this, that, and the next thing. But apparently the, he was the first choice for Monday Night Football when they went to him to do play-by-play. No, let me ask this as someone who's younger than you guys. When Ben was doing football NFL-wise, was he – the man was he like for me? It was Pat Summerall, and yeah, Tom, he without that, that's who he was. He was the he, number one guy, so he wasn't part of like he was part of the crew, but he was the guy. He was the guy. Wow. He was the way that Pat Summerall was the guy, or Al Michaels is the okay. guy, or Joe Buck is the guy, or whoever you know go go down the networks. Whoever yeah, yeah. guy, Jim Nance is the guy. Like he was the, the guy, guy. And, wow. and on football, on golf, on baseball, obviously, and you know the way that Al Michaels started that whole that that whole conversation. What what a life he lived. I mean, yeah. you think about the experiences that he had and not not just the sports experiences, but when you live into your 90s the way that he did. And it wasn't just where, you know, he shut it all down when you're 65 or whatever. Yeah. He lived a life well into his 90s and got to experience things that most of us will never do. And he got to do it for 70 yeah, years. And I'm going to go back to me just being a young broad, uh, reporter in the Dodger clubhouse. I mean, and there, you never saw him in the clubhouse after games because he would say that that was for the players mm -hmm. yet he'd always talk to the players in his own type of way he always knew everything about it i remember hearing some of the young players like well how does he know so much about me because he's done his research about you because i would hear him saying like that clubhouse that's for the player there's that picture from a few years ago when the dodgers were celebrating and he's wearing the Oakley goggles, right? Yeah. Like with grandpa, with the, the, I'm just putting them on, yeah. but with the suit, the reason he's down there is because they're flying right after that right. celebration. And just being in there, knowing what's going on, the embracing of all that good stuff, and like the, the stories that you would see in say, the, the media dining room at Dodger Stadium, once again, the Vincelli Press Box, where it was just so many personalities, different people moving back and forth, of what's going on. And, you know, I would see him talking to Fernando or talking to Mike Brito and every now and then dropping a couple words in Spanish. I'm like, the first time I heard him say a couple words, I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Ridiculous. Here's Edgar in Pasadena. Hey, Edgar, you're on ESPN LA. Oh, hey, what's up, John Ireland? How's it going? Dude? I'm good, Edgar. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm so far. I'm good, man. I'm just, just receiving the the news that everybody receives right now. Who's up in there? Uh, Beto's up in there. The MVP. Yeah, Beto up, and man? Travis and I are all here. Beto's up in there. Is uh, the handsome man commuters up in there? Clinton Yates? No. No. Yeah, he, he already. He, yeah, Clinton took off, but uh, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just a quick thought. Hey, uh, I'm I'm a longtime listener. I'm 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 a, I'm a gardener. I I you me through the whole morning. Um, the fact is, I grew up. I grew up watching the Dodgers. I'm 34. I grew up watching the Eric Carrolls, Mike Piazza, Raul Mondesi. I mean, uh, Gary Sheffield, and it's just well. I mean, it, by we, the way, thanks Edgar for the phone call. This is what's think so about think about the span. He yeah. started with Jackie Robinson. <laughs> yeah. All the way to well, that's Justin was, Turner. That's what I was getting at it before. It's that this is not just the he's talking about Edgar there. His version of the Dodgers were Eric Karros and Mike Piazza and Gary Sheffield. Great. Fun era. Right. You know, you if you were a Dodger fan ten years ago, it's the Clayton Kershaw era, right? You're that's your guy. Right. You can run it all the you can go through the Garvey Lopes, say Russell you era. You can go road. back to Bill Buckner, you can go back to Don Sutton and Drysdale and Koufax, you can go back to Campanella and yeah, it doesn't matter. It but doesn't name, name a lot. He he was here for every great He's Los the Angeles Dodger. Through all of it. You mentioned Clayton Kershaw. Somebody just caught up with him in San Francisco outside of his locker to talk about Vin. Here's Kershaw. When you think about his his legacy, the relationship that you guys have, what kind of comes first to your mind? Uh, he was the best there ever was. Yeah, I mean, I think um, just when you think about the Dodgers, you know, there's a lot of history here and there's a lot of people that have come through and... Um, 
it's just a storied franchise all the way around. But the, it almost starts with Vin, honestly. Like when you think about Vin, um, like he's right there with Jackie. Obviously, it's a different thing, but just as far as the history of our organization, Vin's been through it all, and um, just such a special man. I'm, I'm grateful and thankful I got to know him as well as I did, and um, I'm thankful that I got to be around for his retirement. I got to see that, got to be there for that, and um, just a tremendous life and legacy that he led. And um, thankful I got to know him called your no-hitter how will you forever cherish that moment yeah i mean just the fact they were we were watching some stuff in there about the all the people that he's called no-hitters perfect games world series all these things and for me to be a very tiny tiny small part of that is is, is really cool you kind of touched on it there but how, how remarkable is that he calls you know sandy he's called you he's called basically everyone in between I mean, the, the the track record and the the length of his career is unbelievable and his voice never changed you know his voice never changed uh you know the it's time for dodger baseball um the good evenings all the stuff uh it just it just will always resonate with me it was a really special thing to be able to have him around and um you know we'll miss him for sure what can you share with us just about the relationship that you guys had um, Vin was great with everybody, you know, and I'm thankful I got to be a part of that, too. I got to know him as well as anybody in um, the time that I was here and um, just such a nice man and um, never, never wanted to say a bad thing about you unless you had to, you know, on the rear if you weren't doing good and um, always put a positive spin on things. And uh, I was thankful that I got to have a relationship with him for sure. All right. So that's uh, Clay Kershaw talking about Vin Scully there after tonight's game in San Francisco. We're going to come back because listening to him talk about it just reminds you of all the great players that Vin Scully got to call. And one of the calls that we have not played might be one of the most iconic ones. And that's, of course, Sandy Koufax's perfect game back in 1965. So we'll see if we can dig that one up and have that one for you as well. If you want to get in on the phones, 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We are celebrating the life of Vince Scully here on 710 ESPN. It's time for Dodger Baseball. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And a crowd of 29,139. Just sitting in to see the only pitcher in baseball history to hurl four no-hit, no-run games. He has done it four straight years. And now he capped it on his fourth no-hitter. He made it a perfect game. And Sandy Koufax, whose name will always remind you of strikeouts, did it with a flourish. He struck out the last six consecutive batters. So when he wrote his name in capital letters in the record books, that K stands out even more than the O-U-F-A-X. So that's Vince Scully after uh, Sandy Koufax's perfect game in 1965. And, of course, that's the famous two and two to Harvey Keene. Right. He struck him out. And I remember hearing an interview with, with Scully talking about calling that game. And there was no TV. There's no TV record. Right. It's not like it is now. Right. It was, there was no TV cameras in there. Which game is this? This was against the Milwaukee Braves. I want to say what year in 66. Okay. Okay. And I remember him telling the story, and his thing was, it, he tells you what time it is. Yeah. It's like 9.57. He gives you the gives date. You the day, he the, gives yeah. you the, the time, the crowd. Like, and he's telling the story and to this interviewer, and he said, the reason I did it that way is I just wanted Sandy to have a record of what was happening. That right. It was almost like he was doing like a personal narration because he knew this may be the one recording that he has of this. And 
it is the most perfect play-by-play call. And he was thinking, well, it'd just be nice for him to have this when it's all said and done with his perfect game so we can have the date, the time, the, the attendance, the opponent, the batter, the count, just right on down it so he could kind of present it to him as a gift. The Fernando no-hitter has a time in it. Yeah. I always wondered why. Yeah. Would you, he was like, wow. For posterity, really. It's, it's just kind of this is how he went about it, oh. and this is how his mind works. John, you, you've done a million games along the way. Do you think about it in those moments like no. that where you're like, this could be history? You try I need and to, stay in the I moment. I narrate yeah. it like that. No, I've never really thought of it that way. So the guy who used to be my engineer, Trav, is a guy named Darren Chan. And yeah, Darren, DC. Okay, so Darren yeah. grew up in Northern California, and the reason that he doesn't engineer our games anymore is that the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, came and got him. They mm-hmm. basically said, hey, we know you grew up here. Would you like to you know, be the engineer for your boyhood team? So he just sent me a tweet. Um, they do a thing at the end of every game. The Giants pick a, uh, a post-game rap pick. They they basically talk about whatever player they feel was you know the most impactful for the Giants in that game. It's a way to celebrate the Giants. Mm-hmm. He says tonight we made Vin Scully the sole pick, the only time a Dodger has ever been chosen on the rap. Makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Oral Hershiser, of course, yeah. was one of the many, many, many great players that Vin got a chance to cover, and Oral. Um, was to the Spectrum Sportsnet's tracking all these people down, and uh, and here's Oral from Spectrum Sportsnet talking about Vin. Yeah, it has gotten uh, deeper and harder uh, listening to everybody else. Um, I think of the melodic tones. Uh, I think of his integrity. I think of him being as a role model. Uh, people are saying a soundtrack, but I would say the voice from our highlight film of life. Um, but so much more than what he was describing on the field when you are a Dodger. Um, I think of a green room before an appearance that we're both at. I think of a round of golf. I think of how competitive he was on the golf course. I think of lots and lots of different things, uh, bus rides and meals with Tommy and all the different things that he taught us just by watching him. He was not one he was so humble he was not one to preach he was not one to explain he was one that just kind of lived his life in front of you as a dodger and as a broadcaster and as an icon and as a friend that some fans saw him as a father a grandfather and as a friend but it was somebody they never met they just heard him and saw him on tv but he became their friend. And uh, for us that got to shake his hand and to hang with him and to be with him, uh, he was one of the most impactful people that you'll ever meet. Uh, Oral, this is uh, Jerry. That's Oral Hershiser earlier tonight uh, on Spectrum Sportsnet LA. And it, it strikes me again, I know we've said this, but it just hearing him after hearing Clayton Kershaw, you know at some point, if it hasn't happened already, maybe we haven't heard it, maybe he hasn't had a chance to to speak quite yet, you know you're going to hear from Sandy Koufax, you know, and, and it just kind of keeps pushing you back. We played the cut where he was talking about Hideo Nomo's no-hitter, that from Koufax to Drysdale to Valenzuela to Nomo to Kershaw to Hershiser, just just right on down the line, the only connectivity other than they were all Dodgers – is Vin Scully, and he he not only called the games, but they he had an impact on every last one of those guys. They all hold him in incredible reverence. Of all the people I thought we'd hear from tonight, this one actually surprises me. Yasiel Puig mm. oh, has yeah. just done an Instagram post, and Greg tracked it down. Here's Yasiel Puig. Today is a sad day for myself and for Los Angeles Doyers and for the community in Los Angeles. And for everybody lost baseball, we lost today one of the greatest persons I never met, being a schoolie. He's the greatest. He showed me a lot of love, and I will meet you so much. I'm so sad that we lost you today, but at the same moment, I want to thank you for everything that you do for baseball for call me the war horse 
and giving that name and I use this name for my charity foundation to help kids around the world because you thank you for all the love and I have too much respect for you and for your family my condolences for your families thank you very much that's Yasiel Puig yeah. uh, from an Instagram post. And he's it, in Korea, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's, that's where he's playing now. His right? English is yeah. much better. Oh, wait, great. Wait, his yeah. Wild Horse Foundation, name, Vince Scully gave it go. to him, and it was, Vince said it, the cariño, you know, the term of endearment. And Yasiel ran with it and literally ran you, with it, and he has a foundation <laughs> out of it. So. I remember, you know, Scully, too, you know, he was such a <laughs> a unique broadcaster. I remember when Don Drysdale died. And. The pregame show that day, they had planned a whole bunch of stuff, and they decided to scrap it, and they put two folding chairs on the field and put Tommy Lasorda in one and put Vin in the other, and they just talked, kind of like what we're doing tonight. They just talked for half an hour about Drysdale and all the stuff they were going to miss. And uh, I I just don't – I'm kind of torn, Trav, because I've got – one half of me is incredibly grateful sure. that we get to have this guy for 67 <laughs> years. And the other half is, man, I just thought, I, I easily thought he would live to be 100. Yeah, I, it, I, you know. it, like you said, John, it's not unexpected, but it's still incredibly sad. But when you take a step back from it, we got such a gift for such a long time. You know, sometimes these things that you cherish come in and out of your life really, really quickly. Yeah. And this, like you mentioned a minute ago, 67 years of it. I just want to go back to Puig really quickly. Um, and, you know, the wild horse moment. You could tell that even though Vince Scully at that point had probably been in it for 60 years, maybe 58, 59 years, whatever it had been, he was still incredibly Enjoying bullish it. on, wow, <laughs> yeah, here's that another un- guy. Yeah, enthusiasm. Here is another guy that does something that blows my he mind. doesn't believe in the cutoff, and, man. And, and I, he was so <laughs> enthusiastic. It wasn't just like... I've seen a hundred guys like this yeah. before. I've seen. Or, a, it, it was, how about the flip side? How many get off my lawn broadcasters for would sure. have been yelling about Puig and not hitting the cutoff yeah. man, running that way? How many like, oh, that's not the way you play this game? They enjoyed it and was having fun with it. Absolutely, he was so excited about seeing a great player play the way that he did, and he didn't care that he did it differently than the other. Yeah, yeah how right. dare he enjoy himself on a baseball field? Um, here's Alfonso in Whittier. It says on my screen, Alfonso, you used to be one of the athletic trainers for the Dodgers. Do we have that right? That's correct. I was uh, in the minor league system. Yes. Okay. So, did you ever meet Vin? I met him, and then uh, I have a story. We, I was in Savannah, Georgia. This is 96. So uh, I had Gagne and Beltre on that team. And uh, we had Father's Day. Father's Day was off. So we drove from Savannah. It was like three players and myself. We drove over to Atlanta to go see the Dodgers play. And then as we, uh, as we got there, we got there early. Batting practice is going on. And Tommy and Bill Russell saw us. And they're like, hey, get down here. These guys are Dodgers. And we go into the dugout, and we say hi to the guys and so forth. And then we're like, you know what, let's go back to our seats. Let's go watch the game. So as we're walking up to our seats, Vince Scully saw us and just gave us a huge smile, a wave with his hand of hello. And then he he cut both hands, like saying, hey, you know, welcome to the game. And it, it was amazing. Just his huge smile that he had on his face. Just recognizes them, you know. There were so many people there, and he saw us, and it made us feel uh, welcome. We were so happy. We were proud, obviously. You know, we were Dodgers, and uh, and it was amazing. That that was uh, Well, thank big, you, Alfonso, uh, for calling in and sharing that story. That's great. Look at this tweet Bergman just found from a guy named Justin Ray. Vin Scully called Dodger games with players born in 1916, <laughs> Preacher Rowe, and in 1996, Julio Urias. Wow. That's I mean, ridiculous. 80 wow. years apart. Great tweet. 80 years apart. Here's Jesse in Huntington <laughs> wow. that, Park. It almost doesn't even compute. I know. It really Real. doesn't compute. That, that Preacher Rowe was around when the Civil War had been over it's for 30 crazy. years. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, Jesse, man. you out there? Hey, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for uh, doing what you guys are doing tonight. I know our Dodger fans all over the city uh, uh, really appreciate it. Um, the the one uh, 
the one memory I have, well, I mean, there's a lot of them, obviously, but, you know, the, the biggest thing that I take away from uh, Vin and what he meant uh, to my family was uh, just remembering the family gathering around in the living room, the TV's on, whether it's uh, 710 first pitch or it's uh, uh, 1 p.m. first pitch, you know, because the game is on the East Coast. And Vin's voice is surrounding the house. And everybody's racing to turn the TV on because if you miss him saying it's time for Dodger baseball, then you might as well just start over and wait till the next day. You know? <laughs> Vin, Vin, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome, my, Jesse. Yeah, That's we, we would be, yeah it, Vin made radio cool for little kids, and no little kid thinks the radio is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're right, it. man. That'd be, <laughs> yeah. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to do this. Thank you uh, for the phone call. I, you know, I thought – First time I saw him. And remember, guys, when you used to go to games when, when I mean, when all of us were kids and we're all different ages here, so many people brought their radios oh, to yeah. the game. I've never Vin, seen that anywhere. Vin was like stadium. in stereo at a game. Yeah. You didn't even need to bring, after a few years, you didn't even have to bring your radio because so many other people had them on. You know, we, we all these players are talking about their interactions with him as players. And you hear Al Michaels talk about him as, you know, getting to know him as a contemporary and as a peer. Do you guys think you're doing this if you don't have the soundtrack of him doing what he was doing? I mean, you you mentioned Chick Hearn and Bob Miller. And yeah. we, we've been super lucky to have not uh, Jaime Herin, like you're talking about, uh, Beto. Just these guys are not just good at what they do; they're the best at what they've done. And when you're just swimming in waters like that, that these guys that are, I, I think I've told you this story, John. I, I lived briefly in Phoenix when I was a little kid, and I remember I was eight or nine years old. And I called Al McCoy, who did like a Suns oh, postgame yeah. show. One I'm night. friends with Al now. Yeah. And, and I called Al and asked him some question about Alvin Adams or something. Yeah. You know, back in the late He 70s. was doing like a call-in show. Yeah, he was doing a call-in show. And I remember. Like you was, do now? Yeah. <laughs> like Aiden, And I'm thinking, that's a job that you can do? Like Me too. That, that's a thing? Like you just talk about the Suns or the Dodgers or Vin Scully? That's his job. He just talks about the Dodgers. And when you're a little kid, you don't think of everything that goes into it, but I wonder if all three of us and many, many more people who are working in journalism and broadcasting, if you're not exposed to that high level of it like that, if you end up going into it at if all. If anything, this makes you say, I don't want to do it because Vin is so good. There's no way you can get to that kind of level. But listening to him call games, and I drive around a lot. And when I was younger, I would drive all over the place, you know, and you would listen to games. Because, like I said, my brother exposed me to sports talk radio back when you guys were in the mornings, right? So you would that's where I like my friends were like, Why are you listening to a baseball game on the radio? And it was like, Oh, it was Vin, you kinda listen to it. Even though you're a baseball player growing up, you still don't listen to the game. So I was like I was nineteen twenty listening to the game and you're going back and forth and when the MLB app came out and I was able to listen to different cities, I'm like, Oh no. Like yeah, not everybody has one it's of those only guys. Vin. It's only Vin. Yeah, it, he was, I, I mean, one of a kind is a cliche, but he really was. Here's Grant in Westlake Village. Hey, Grant, you're on ESPN LA. Vin Scully was that, that star that, that you didn't have to approach. Um, he, he always approached you. I was actually, um, uh, a while ago, I, was at, I bagged groceries at Gelson's out in Westlake Village, and um, he came through quite often, and uh, he'd always treat everyone with the utmost respect and and knew most employees by their names. Um, and like I said earlier, he'd seek you out and ask how you were versus, you know, the other way around. Um, and it's also just crazy to think that, you know, probably behind my parents and my wife, uh, his voice is probably the voice I've heard most in my life. And, and I love that. Well, think about uh, it. Thanks, Grant. Your, yeah. Grant, what he said is probably true for just about any sports fan that's between the ages of 60 but, and 20, But right? that says it all who he was. He was buying his own groceries. Like, <laughs> like, this is like, I mean, we're ordering whatever. Like, I'm, I don't even want to go to the market. Vince probably going to the groceries, saying thank you, giving the guy a wink. Like, hey, thank you very much. You know, probably giving butterscotch, you know? Did, like, but, <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have, like, we did, when, when I was a kid and – you know, not all the games were on TV like we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But, when you know, me and my mom and my dad and my brother, we would try to make a point of sitting down at the table and having dinner as a family. And the four of us would sit there. 
but and you didn't have the TV on and you didn't have the radio on. But if there was a Dodger game on TV, and this is like the seventies and eighties, right. where they were they, there weren't a ton of them. But if there was a Dodger game on and Vince Scully was calling the game, you could have the TV on. You could have the TV on while you were having dinner. You could have it on while you were sitting around and and you know talking about your day or whatever. It was an acceptable soundtrack to have Vince Scully and the Dodger game on when I, usually there was nothing else on. I didn't have cable growing up, so I didn't. I never saw a Dodger game at home growing up yeah so i only knew vin from calling road games so when well the, the, you know you go back then the only the you occasionally you'd get a saturday game of the week from dodger not, stadium but it was but ever then that was it i never you would that. only get the road games yeah I, I i that's why i knew him from joe garagiola for sure he was always doing yankee yeah games and for let some me reason. let me encourage people to do something tonight um and I, I should warn you, once you go down this rabbit hole, you're going to be there for a while. But oh. go onto YouTube and type in Vince Scully. Oh, yeah. And just listen to the calls. I mean, there's just nobody like him. There's nobody ever to do it better than this guy. And, uh, you know, tip, uh, Chick Hearn was my guy. And so Chick, Vin to baseball was what Chick is to basketball. If you're like me and you're a giant Chick Hearn fan, you love listening to Chick do basketball. That was Vin to baseball. Sure. I mean, he's that good. Um Here's Ivan in Monrovia. Hey, Ivan, you're on ESPN LA. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. So I worked on a show, a movie that Ben was on called um, For Love of the Game. Sure. And so it was Kevin it, Costner. Kevin, exactly. Kevin Costner was um, pitching a John C. Riley was his catcher. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, J.K. Simmons was the manager. manager yeah. Right. So there's a line that Ben Scully says in the movie that's completely ad-lib and is perfect for Ben Scully. So um, Billy Chapel is the main character, and he just pitches a perfect game. And as soon as he pitches a perfect game, he, he lets the crowd kind of like get enamored and just like go crazy. And he says, the cathedral that is Yankee Stadium, belongs to a chapel. Completely <laughs> ad uh, Well, Ivan, do you a- remember he had another line before that freak. that was that was unbelievable that he said, you get the feeling in watching Billy Chapel that he's not pitching against the Yankees, but he's pitching against time. No. And I, I thought that was like it, such an incredible – He's, I mean... Guys, this is a movie starring Kevin Costner. They had writers that spent a lot of time putting this movie writers. together. And he comes in there and goes, guys, I got, I got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, stand down. I got this. I got no this. offense, yeah. but... <laughs> I know how to do this. Yeah. I've got this covered. All right, here's James in Commerce. Hey, James, you're on ESPN LA. Hey, guys. Uh, I have a unique story. I happen to be working at UCLA Health Security when his wife was brought in for... You know, when she had that accident, she injured her knee. Right. Um, I had to I had to escort her to get a CT scan. And she, as I'm walking into, you know, into the room, she's like, hey, do me a favor. Um, go check on Vin because I know he's going to be worried on, about me. And, you know, we had the door closed, make sure he was he was secured and everything. So I was like, are you sure, ma'am? So I go, you know, I go to go check on him and he's gone. And I find him roaming in the hallways and he's talking to staff. And I'm like, hey, sir, you know what? You can't be, you know, you got, we got to get you back in your room. And he's, he's so worried about his wife. He's like, I just, you know, I'm, I, I miss her. I just want to make sure she's okay. And, you know, I had the chance to just stay in the room with them. And he didn't, we didn't talk about baseball. He was just talking about his wife, his family. And it's just like what Beto and you guys are saying. Like, you could just sit there and he could talk about paint drying and he just makes it so entertaining that you just want to just right it didn't matter yeah it's a good point james it didn't matter what he was talking about if his voice was applied to it it made it interesting you know that's he had that gift that's what we were talking about you know earlier. give us 40 seconds on gravel and it would be great that's that's the thing it could be him (laughs) calling hank aaron hitting 715 it could be a sandy koufax perfect game it could be a clayton kershaw no hitter a world series clinching performance for moral hersheiser and you're riveted because of the moment but you'd be riveted on a wednesday night against the reds in april Mm-hmm. And and it's just a story where he's just talking about baseball. He's talking about his experiences with Duke Snyder, or Jackie Robinson, or Tommy Lasorda, it was never or whatever bragging. it is. Ne- it was it never a never name drop. Like it, was, it was just, this is a story This is I'm a story I know you will like. Yeah. This is a story that you will be entertained by. This with is a, a story that will, that will put a smile on your face. Exactly right. It was never this this 
thing about me. It was this is the stories of my life that will make this game far better for you to what listen to. What I always to. liked was that, you know, he never went down on the field. And when he did, it was because he had to be there for like an award ceremony mm-hmm. or he was the MC for something. But when he would go down there, it was like, wait a minute, the, the Red Sea is just partying right now. Like, what is going on here? And he would always wave. And he'd always acknowledge everybody and enjoy the moment. But that you could tell it was people saying, I saw Vin. Yeah. Like, I saw him. When he would leave after a game and go through to the escalator, to the elevator, and people were out there waiting outside the Vin Scully press box with their phones out just to get a glimpse of it. It is probably the most blurry picture you've ever taken in your life, but you got one of Vin. It was cool, man. Well, it's uh, it's it's been an incredibly sad occasion to have to to talk about this, but guys, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And to we're gonna talk we're gonna continue tomorrow. Too. Travel be on at ten with Slee. I'll be on. Uh, Mason and I are gonna be at Rams camp tomorrow. Yep. But you're gonna get a a lot of these stories and a lot more Vince Scully sound tomorrow. We'll work it all in, and and we're gonna end this on something kind of cool. Um, Greg, how would you explain this? This is the end of this was him out on this field after his last game and his emotional farewell speech. Okay, so God bless Vin Scully passed away tonight uh, at the age of 94. Um, Travis will be back at 10 tomorrow. I'll be on at one. Going to miss you, Vin Scully. One of a kind, man. Thanks for doing this, Trav. Amen. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball, and they've wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem, life seems a faithful friend to share. For every sigh, a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.